1, chapter number 2, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 5. presence in this place. Brother Weems, we felt it a long, long time ago, earlier today. Hallelujah. Power of God. Hallelujah. If you have it, say amen. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says, And I, brethren, <clears throat> when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration, hallelujah, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And you see the colon there? He said, this is what it was th done for. And this is why I did it. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul told him, and I'm telling you here tonight, I, I, can't, I can't speak enticing words. I just can't. I'm not uh, able to do that. But let me tell you something. I came tonight just to know one thing, and that was Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why? So I could demonstrate to you through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. We need a demonstration of the Spirit around here. We need a demonstration of God's power around here. Amen. I believe it's the will of God to give us a demonstration of his Spirit and of his power. Hallelujah. Why? Because it will help us not put our faith in man, but it will help us put our faith in the power of God. Amen. Let's lay our Bibles down. Let's ask God to have his way in this place. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, I need your anointing. God, I pray, Lord, that I would not pray, God, to my own understanding, but God, that I would yield myself to your will. God, I pray that your perfect will would be accomplished in this service. Wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give my hand clap of praise one more time. said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Hallelujah. Why? So we could have faith in the power of God. Why is it important to have faith in the power of God? I know we heard a lot of preaching this past week, and I preached the, the Sunday night before this conference 
And we talked about faith. Faith. Faith is the bottom. This is the foundation of everything. We can't move forward without faith. Amen. And you know what boosts our faith better than anything else? Is a demonstration of the Spirit. A demonstration of the power of God. I'll tell you. And I, I don't know if we're going to get much faster or more upbeat than this, but I'm going to tell you something. I just want the Holy Ghost to have his way. Amen. God can move when the beat of the drum isn't beating. Amen. God requires one thing, and that is your faith. That is your faith. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, God still wants to do something for somebody. Hallelujah. The demonstration of the Spirit. Why do you think it was such a big deal for Elijah upon Mount Carmel? When he called all the prophets of Baal. And he said, we're going to call upon our gods. And the God that responds with fire. What has fire always been a symbol of? Power. Amen. A forceful hand. Amen. That's what they were going to expect from the God that is real. And they begin to do their little dances. We know most of us know the story. Those those prophets of Baal begin to do their little dances and they begin to cut themselves, the Bible says. And all of a sudden, Elijah begins to make fun of them and, and say, Well, maybe your God went on vacation. But my God doesn't go on vacation. We serve a God that is live and well. And I felt him in this place and I still feel him right now. Amen. We serve a God that still answers by fire. It's the Holy Ghost and fire, and it's keeping me alive. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost and fire, and it's keeping me alive. Zechariah said this to Zerubbabel in Zechariah chapter number 4. <clears throat> he said in Zechariah chapter number 4, verse number 6, he said, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might and nor by power, and this power here is, is, is referring to man's power, but he said, It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Everything that we need in this day, in this hour, is by his spirit. Amen. It's the truth. We can't live without his spirit. We need his strength to face the things that we face each and every day. Amen. I, I do not like to give glory or try to even boost the enemy whatsoever. But I'll tell you what, it's been a rough week. And I don't think I'm the only one. But there's only one reason. Because the power of God is falling. And when the power of God begins to fall, and when a demonstration of his spirit begins to take place, the enemy begins to distract and try to drive us away from what God is trying to do. That's why there's, there's most of us, a lot of us I know, I got here, I had a hard time getting my mind on, on this service. Why? Because the devil knows that God wants to bless somebody in this place tonight. Amen. Amen. Please don't go to sleep on me. 
Praise God. It's by His Spirit. It's His Spirit that keeps me alive. Amen. It's the demonstration that He wants to show us in this place tonight. Hallelujah. I, I feel that with every ounce of my being. Let me show you a few things here. In Acts chapter number 2. <clears throat> Acts chapter number 2. Verses 1 through 4. These people got together. And they had been seeking the Lord for quite a few days. They were praying, no doubt fasting, seeking the promise of the Father. Amen. And then verse 1 happens and it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When the people of God rose up in faith, seeking God's face, I'm telling you, when they begin to seek God's face and begin to serve the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, the power of God began to fall on on the day of Pentecost. Why? Because there was a hungry people that needed something from God. And I'm telling you, just because you came here tonight, I know we just came through a conference, but every day I need something fresh and new from God. Every day when I wake up, I've got to have a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We need a demonstration of His Spirit in this place today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And before this chapter was over, on that very same day in the, in the book of Acts chapter number 2, because there was people there seeking a demonstration of His Spirit, there was 3,000 souls added to the church that day. Tell, I'll tell you what, that's some kind of a miracle right there. Hallelujah. 3,000 people filled with the Holy Ghost in one day. Praise God. And then we go to Acts chapter number 3. I've already spoken of it briefly, but Acts chapter number 3, we find Peter and John going up to the, to, together into the temple at the hour of prayer. Verse number 1, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, laying from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Now what I said a few moments ago was this man came to the house of God expecting something. He came expecting something. And when he saw, why, why do I say that? Well, let's, let's read on. It says, when he, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked an alms. Alms, please. Alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look at us. Look at us. In verse 5, and he gave heed to him, expecting, there's that word, expecting to receive something of them. He thought he was going to get a financial blessing. But God had something much greater God had something better than what finances could even buy. 
God had his healing, and God had his, God had his salvation. Money can't buy salvation. Amen. You can pay, and I, I could get sidetracked here for a while, but I, I, I know somebody that knows somebody else. Imagine that. But this somebody else is a faith healer out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's for hire. You go and you pay this man some money, and he'll intercede for you, and he'll pray, and he'll do nuances over you. And people declare that they're healed. And this person I know declares she had a healing from going to this man. Let me tell you something. A true miracle cannot be bought. Amen. I'm not going to get sidetracked after that. But what we need is a demonstration of the Spirit. We need a demonstration of His power. Amen. That way we can tell our friends. When next time I talk to that lady, if I ever see her again, and say, look, I know of a place that won't cost you a dime. Just a little willpower is what it's going to cost you to get up from the pew and come down and let a man of God lay his hands upon your head and allow the demonstration of the Spirit. And she can have a true miracle. And, you know, I've seen in the past where not only do they receive their healing, but they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Or God plants a seed of hunger for truth. Amen. Brother Merriman was telling me a few weeks ago that somebody came and told him that, well, you prayed for me and God healed me. And now they're coming to church seeking truth. Amen. You get much more than just what you ask for, God. Amen. You'll never forget You'll never forget when the power of God touches you. There's nothing like it. There's no drug. There's no supplement. There's nothing in this world that can replace the power of God. Nothing. I know of people that have walked out the back door of the church and backslid and went back to those old things, back to those old supplements, back to these, those old habits that they used to have. And I've had them tell me time and time again, it doesn't even touch. It doesn't even touch what the power of God can do. You understand you're talking about God. You're talking about the one who stood on the ship and just said, peace be still. And all of a sudden, all the wind ceased, all the rain stopped, all the waves calmed down. That's, it's the same God. Amen. It was his word. And if you try to replace that in your life, you're never going to find anything that can fill that void. Never. You will constantly be seeking a demonstration of his spirit in your life. 
You'll constantly be seeking his power in your life. Amen. And this man thought he needed money. And he went to the gate of the temple every day because he thought church people were rich or something. Boy, he had something else coming to him, didn't he? But let me tell you something. He knew there was something about the house of God. I'm, a, I'm going to make this assumption. This is my opinion. It's not in the Bible. You're not going to find it anywhere. But I think that this man understood there's something different if I can go to the house of God. I may just be on the outside looking in, but I know maybe one day I'll get exactly what I need. I don't know. Maybe that's what his thoughts were. That's why they took him to the temple. I don't know. That's my speculation, okay? But let me tell you something. There was something about it because he was obviously getting blessed because he went there every single day. Every single day. And this day, because he had been faithful, he came expecting again. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you this. So if you were going somewhere expecting to receive something, you didn't get something every single day, would you be likely to go back? No, I wouldn't. I'd find a different place. I'm not a very patient person anyways, but I would find a different place. If I knew it wasn't working here when I was driving for Uber, I would go to areas where I thought were heavy Places that needed a lot of people, a lot of people needed rides. Well, if I didn't get a call within five minutes, I was moving. I was going somewhere else. And I finally found some places that were well populated and they use Uber a lot. And you learn the places that work. And this man learned a place that worked. Amen. He went there. Verse number two says, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. Daily. Constantly going back. And this day, when he went, was, no, was a day like no other day. And I'm telling you somebody, tonight, tonight could be a night like no other night. Why? Because you're in the house of God again. Why do you keep coming back to the house of God? Because this is where you find encouragement. This is where God changed your life. In the house of God. You put your faith in the man of God. You put your faith in God. Why? Because time after time after time. Situations have arisen. And you went to the house of God. Just like Asaph did. And all of a sudden, your, your thinking got turned around just right. And you begin to see things as God would see them. And God began to work out situations in your life. Amen. I know I'm moving slow. And I'm not going to be a whole lot longer. But Peter and John, when they saw this man, after he said, alms, alms, Peter said, look on us. And that man looked up at them, and he gave heed to them. Expecting to receive something of, of them. And then Peter said, that famous saying that a lot of us have heard over and over, but he said, silver and gold have I none. 
but if you'll allow me just a moment. But such as I have, give I thee. I'm handing you a demonstration of the Spirit. I'm, I'm handing you the power of God. Not by my might. Peter and John had no ability to do anything of their own self. But he understood that it wasn't by him. That's why he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And this man, after Peter took him by the hand in verse 7, and lifted him up, immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And verse 8 says, and he leaping up stood walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And you know what this did? God, God allowed a demonstration of His Spirit to be, to be shed abroad there at the temple that day. And all of a sudden, Peter and John began to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And 5,000 more souls were added to the church that day. Why? Because somebody wanted a demonstration of the Spirit of God. Somebody desired a demonstration of His power. Hallelujah. And so that God began to show out that day because somebody was seeking Him. Somebody was sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Somebody showed up with a little bit of faith. Somebody showed up with a need. Somebody showed up and said, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going down. I'm going to allow the Holy Ghost to touch me. I need a demonstration of the Spirit in my life tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I need a demonstration of his spirit. I need the power of God in my life like never before. I don't care what day goes by. I'm praying out to God. God, I need you today. Why do I need him today more than I did yesterday? Because I know I don't, I don't know what I'm going to face out there when I walk out the doors of my home. But let me tell you something. I know if I sought God and I've had a demonstration of the Holy Ghost in my home, I know when I walk out there, he's walking right beside me. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm I'm holding his hand. He's leading me and he's guiding me through the day. And when he's leading me, that means I'm sensitive to those souls that are around me. That means I'm sensitive to those that are hungry, those that are seeking God, those that are crying out to God on a daily basis. Lord, if you're really real, send somebody to talk to me. Lord, I'm hungry. I need to change my life. I'm sick and tired of living how I live. And God, I need somebody. Hallelujah. And if I have been in his presence, and if I have been in his power that day, and I've been seeking his face, God, send me to somebody. God, I'm hungry for souls to be saved. I don't think it's the will of God that in his service go by that we don't have one guest in the house of God. I don't think it's the will of God that one service go by and somebody doesn't receive the Holy Ghost. I don't think it's the will of God that one service goes by and a healing doesn't take place or a miracle take place. Why? Because God is anxious to give us a demonstration of the Holy Ghost.
Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Woo, he's such an Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. There was a time in the church where God was adding to the church daily such as should be saved. And there was a lot of widows. There was a lot of people needed taken care of. And the apostles found themselves very busy. We find our pastor very busy. Amen. And so they came up with this plan, and they, they came up with this plan of deacons, of young preachers that they could use to minister to the church, not preaching, not teaching Bible, Bible studies, yes, they have to teach Bible studies, don't get me wrong, but the majority of their ministry was serving the saints of the church, that's what they were to do. And let me, as I was looking at this tonight, Something stood out to me because they, they had chosen some deacons, and Stephen was one of those. Stephen was. Just a young man, young preacher in the church there. And what, what jumped out at me was the fact that, you know, out of all these preachers, I don't read of any of these other ones. Preaching out in the out in the streets, I'm sure they did. Okay, I'm not I'm not shunning them whatsoever. But something got a hold of Stephen when he began to serve the people of God. Something got a hold of him. Something got deep down in his heart, and he loved to serve God's people. And in verse eight, we find where Stephen was full of faith and power. Where did this come from? From a love for the people of God. For a servant's heart. And he developed this desire, not just to serve them, just to serve them so they, they have food, but he served them in more ways. Amen. Why do I say that? Because he was full of faith and power, and he did great wonders and miracles among the people. Stephen was hungry for a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And because of that hunger, and because of his faith, he did many wonders and miracles. I would assume in his daily serving, Nothing supernatural, I, I wouldn't say, but I'm sure going about his duties, somebody would say, Stephen, would you pray for me? I'm having this deal going on. And he reaches over and prays for him, and the power of God just began to fall. Why? Because Stephen was hungry for a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. There's this guy right here. I'm hungry for a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We've got to have it, not just every once in a while, but on a daily basis, amen, and especially when we come in the house of God. We've got to have a demonstration of the Holy Ghost 
We've got to have his power fill this place to overflowing to where we can't hardly do anything except for worship him and to give him glory and to minister to those that are around us, being sensitive to those guests that come in the back door. Oh, hey, I saw you come in tonight. Can I pray with you? Would you like to come and worship with me? Why? Because they need a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And how are they going to get it except for we grab a hold of this thing and we understand we must have a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. When we come together into the house of God, we need His power. We need His glory to fill this place. Hallelujah. We've got to see these things come to pass. How are we going to do this? When we come expecting, just like the layman, we go to the house of God and we go there, we expect, we expect. I don't know if he was sitting there. I don't. I know he was lame, but I don't know if, if he if he could move around. He was probably sitting on the edge of his chair. Hey, alms, alms, alms. I know this is a good place to be, and I know that I'm going to get what I think I need. But let me tell you something. Two preachers walked by him that day. He didn't expect anything out of the ordinary, but he expected something. And when it, when when he began to say alms, alms, I need some alms. I got to feed my family. I got to take something home so I can feed the family. And all of a sudden, these preachers walked by. And, and he said, alms, alms. And the preacher said, look at me. Oh, man, it must going to be a really good blessing. Oh, he didn't even understand the half of how awesome this blessing was about to be. Why? Because when, the, when, when they said, look on, him, on us, he looked at them, expecting to receive something of them expecting to receive something of them. Why? Because he knew he got their attention. But he didn't know whose attention he had just got. Amen. He got the attention of the man of God. He got the attention of a couple men that understood what it meant to have a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And these men, I can tell you one thing, these men understood the importance of having a demonstration of the Spirit. Why? Because they had to preach on the day of Pentecost. And, and it was the demonstration of the Holy Ghost that fell on all them that were in the upper room. That flooded out into the streets. When all that took place, it got the attention of some people. Hey, something's going on over there. Something's happening over here. I don't know what's going on. Those people are acting really weird. But hey, maybe they're drunk. Do you think they're drunk? I, I don't know. And then Peter heard them talking about being drunk. And he goes, hey. Men and brethren, these men are not drunken as, as you suppose, seeing it is but the ninth hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. The, 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 the apostle Peter understood, I'm going to work upon, I'm going to build upon that, that demonstration of the Holy Ghost. God already showed out. God already started doing things around here. Let me tell you something. I can, I can jump up here and I can explain to them what's going on. And the next thing you see is another demonstration of the Holy Ghost. God began to fill more souls with the Holy Ghost. God began to do things. Going on to, to Acts chapter number 3. Hallelujah. They, they walked up to the, to, the, to the lame man. And I wonder what their conversation was that day. John, you, what do you think we can, what do you think we can, uh, we can do to help administer a demonstration of the, the Spirit? I know God wants us to, to seek him. I know God wants to show his power. What can we do? What can we do? And this lame man saying, alms, alms, alms. I can just imagine they looked at each other like, 
got an idea. And they looked at him and they said, look on us. And he looked at them expecting to receive something of them. And I can see, I could just, me being a preacher, I can, I could just, I can just imagine their hearts just start thumping real fast. This man's actually paying attention to us. This man's really wanting something different than what, he don't know what's going to happen, but he's expecting something. I'll tell you what, when, when hungry souls come into the house of God and they're looking at you and they're looking in your eyes and, and they're starting to, to, to weep, I'm telling you something, something starts happening inside of my heart. Oh, God, what can I do? Use me to, to have a demonstration of the Spirit. Why? Because I want to see their souls saved. I want to see their life changed. Why is that important? Because, you know what, that soul may affect 10 or 20 other souls down the road in a couple of weeks. I'm telling you what, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on, but I can tell you something. All I do is pray and ask God, God, use me to show these people your power. Because if they can see how awesome my God is, they're going to come in. They're going to come in by the floods. Why? Because they want something that's real. They're sick and tired of things that are fake. And this man, every day, he was standing there shaking that old can. Alms, alms, alms. And he saw Peter and John, and he goes, alms, alms. And Peter and John said, look on us. And he looked at them, and he expected to receive something of them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, sir. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he grabbed him by the right hand, the Bible says, and he Pulled him up, and immediately the Bible said his feet and ankle bones received strength. And the Bible says he went walking and leaping and praising God right into the temple. What happened? I don't understand what's going on. Hey, wait a minute. Isn't that the guy that was sitting outside the temple? Yeah, I think it is. Why is he running? Just a minute. Let me go check. Oh, he's not out there anymore. That must be that guy. What happened? I don't know, but I understand one thing. There's two guys out there preaching. Let's go find out what they have to say. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I may not be making any sense to you. I'm sorry. All I can do is do what I'm feeling right now. I can tell you one thing. We need a demonstration of the Holy Ghost around here. Why? Because people are going to begin to talk about it. Can I give you an example, another one that's real and it's close to me, my heart. Over the last year, God provided a building for us to minister to people and to see souls saved for $3,000, a third of an acre and a building. That's a miracle. It's a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Everybody I talk to down there begin to talk to me and they begin to say, well, there's not enough room on that property to have cars parked on there. I said, oh, man, I don't know about this. And I began to talk to them. A few, a few uh, months after, actually January of this year, January, February, I began to call trying to get the water turned on. And they said, well, you got to have, you got to have, uh, a new water meter and all that stuff. 
All these bad things begin to happen. But I had to remember, we already had a demonstration of the Spirit. And I look back, God, God gave us the building for $3,000. That's a miracle. That was a demonstration of your power. Next thing I began to think about was the thousands of dollars that God saved us and having to get plans drawn up. That was another demonstration of his spirit. Something else that this preacher could talk about for a while. And you know what? I'm getting phone calls, text messages. We're getting Facebook hits. People asking, hey, what's going on around here? What's happening? Hey, that church has been here for years. That thing was built in 1896. And uh, somebody, it looks like they're actually going to do something with it. Hey, I wonder what's happening. I, I want to know what's going on. And, and they're asking questions. Why? Because there's been a demonstration of his spirit. There's been a demonstration of his spirit. Let me. One brand new demonstration of the spirit just happened. We're still waiting on the second part of this. But the first part was the committee that approves the plot plans. And the plot plan is simply the plan that shows the building, the surrounding property, the property lines, the flow of the water, and where you're going to park your cars, handicap accessibility, all that stuff, okay? All right, you remember I told you they said you're going to have to have so many parking spots, at least 44 or 45, they told me. The people told me around hearsay. I walked in the office and she said, You only need 11 spots. I said, Well, thank you, Jesus. Well, I drew out the plan. I had to draw, <coughs> she handed me a ruler and stuff. I drew out on the plan where I wanted to put the parking spots. And one of the, one of the lines was eight feet from the property line. She said, well, that might be a question. She said, but I don't know. She said, we'll submit it anyway. I talked to the man on Monday. He said, well, I've already approved that paper. The parking's not an issue. We're just waiting on the building inspector to come in. They've been swamped for two weeks. They're two weeks behind. He said, but you're good on my side. I said, the Lord's good. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Why? Because... God showed us his power one more time. Just because man says it can't happen doesn't mean it can't happen. And that's the truth. Amen. And I'm not hoping against hope. I'm hoping and believing in God Almighty. I wish I would have wrote the scripture down I came across tonight. But it said something to the effect, Brother Jared, of God is willing to show his power if his people would just believe. I wish I knew where that scripture was off the top of my head now. I didn't write it down. I was, I was in my studies today, and I began to see it. I, I saw that, and now it really means something to me after I've done all this other studying. Amen. But God is willing, and he's ready to show us his power. If we'll just believe. If you'll just believe. 
and you'll obey. That's what the scripture said. There's two qualifications, believing and obeying. Amen. Believing and obeying. So what do you need? What do you need? What do you need tonight? Elder Howard said, let's not wait until the future. That was just Sunday night, okay? We've waited until Thursday, so now what do you need tonight? What do you want God to do for you right now? What demonstration do you need to happen in your life that you can go tell somebody about tomorrow morning? That's what this demonstration stuff's all about. It's not to make us better people, but it's to give us something to glorify God with. That's what this is all about. That's why God is willing to do it. So let me ask you again, what did you come into the house of God needing tonight? Paul, we would all agree, was a very influential part of the founding of the church. In fact, most of the New Testament would not be here today without Paul. But if you've got your Bibles, real quick, I'm taking advantage of the fact that this is Bible study night. Acts chapter 9. And this is my last point, and I'll, I'll shut down and we'll see what God has to do in the rest of this service. Acts chapter number 9, so you see where we're at. Verse 1 says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters <coughs> to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. So basically he's persecuting the church and destroying homes and families and people. Amen. Because they believe in Jesus and that he was the Messiah and that he died for our sins and they're being baptized in Jesus' name. And all the people that are believing this and, and teaching this and preaching this, he's going out and he's destroying their homes, destroying their families, and he's and they're spreading throughout all of the areas. And verse 3 said, And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly, suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. I will take a side note here. And even to Apostle Paul. God did not tell him how to be saved. He sent him to the city, and he said, at that point, you will be told what to do. And then God's, God went and talked to the man of God and sent the preacher, and the preacher preached to Paul, and Paul was baptized in Jesus' name. But my point here is, 
This man was tearing apart the church. This man was trying to do his best to tear down what, what God had already built up. But all of a sudden, he was on the way to Damascus one day, and the Lord said, it's time for a demonstration. And a light shone from heaven, and Saul fell to the earth, and he was blinded, and a voice came down from heaven. Why is this necessary? Well, Paul now has a demonstration of the Holy Ghost that he can now talk to other folks about. He went before King Agrippa. He went, he went before other, other dignitaries being able to talk about this wonderful thing that happened to him. Why? Because God chose to give him a demonstration of his power and show him, hey, this is who you're messing with today, Paul. Let me tell you something. God wants to do something in your life that you can get up Walk out those back doors and go talk to somebody about. Somebody's out there. Somebody's seeking something different in their life. Somebody's seeking something that, the, that is real. And they need somebody to come and tell them, hey, let me tell you what God did for me at church last night. Second Corinthians chapter number 4. Verse number 7, we've got to read this, and Sister Becca, can you come please? Amen. I gave you the wrong passage. This is what happens when I, when I just keep jotting my, step, my notes down. God told Paul, he said, I have something and Paul told, let me say it this way, Paul, Paul told us that he had something in his, in his flesh that was a constant bombardment on him, amen. And Paul said, I besought the Lord three times, asking him to remove this from me. And the Lord, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. <clears throat> and he said, this was what the Lord told me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Okay, a lot, I've preached on this scripture a lot. I've stopped right there as though this was the end of the, net, the, the scripture. But Paul goes on and he says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Say, well, I got issues in my life. Well, you know what? God works on God works and builds upon your issues. God can take your issues and He can get glory from your issues by get, being able to work on you 
and be able to change your perspective. Sometimes he takes the issue, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he changes you. But nonetheless, it's still a demonstration of his spirit in your life. Amen. And I'm not saying you have to have some humongous, miraculous feat happen in your life to be able to witness, okay? Don't read that into what I'm saying tonight. But I can tell you one thing. God loves to do things for his people. Amen. And he said, if my people will, I will. Can we all stand? Amen. Preached a lot longer than I expected to, and I apologize for that. But I want you to think about some things tonight. <clears throat> think about what can God do in my life that I could give him glory for? Not just so I can feel better about myself, but so I can reach out to those around me and express his goodness and express his might. Amen. He loves his people. Amen. I said he loves his people. And he really loves his people when they serve in his kingdom. And this church has sacrificed and this church has worked. And I'm telling you, God wants to bless you for it. It may not be, it may not be a blessing that, that is just overwhelming right away. But I'm telling you, God's got your number. I'm not just saying it to make you guys feel better about yourself, all right? I'm just telling you what I felt like in prayer today. The Holy Ghost loves it when we work for the kingdom of God. Matthew 6 and 33 said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. This is the Bible. When you seek first his kingdom and you sacrifice for his kingdom, all these things are added. That's what the Bible says. Not because you're seeking for them, but because you're serving his kingdom. And you're seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. Amen. So let me, why don't you lift your hands and begin to talk to the Lord tonight. And why don't you talk to him and say, God, whatever it is. God, I have what, whatever the situation is, God, I want you to take it and I want you to take it and put it in your hands and I want you to deal with it how you would deal with it. Because when it's all said and done, God, I'm going to give you the glory. Amen. The, the, I, as growing up, I heard preachers saying time and time again when they would pray, when they came down towards the end, they would say, and, and God, we will be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor. We will be careful to do this. Amen. Amen. If there's something that you want God to do for you, why don't you come down tonight and why don't you give it to him? Amen. Amen. God wants to do it tonight. God wants to do it tonight. I know it's slow. I know we don't.